three, two, one. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Right, here we go. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Hurry> yeah. <up. laughs> All right, me old China, and welcome to the podcast. Wee. <laughs> watch film but i'd be honest i mean when i first started watching film i was just watching the game hello everybody welcome to the uk packers podcast as usual i'm your host at stdd nfl on twitter and of course follow the group at uk packers and i have at brian peacock nfl on the thing is that too much is that too much of an intro weird intro ryan <laughs> i don't know is this still part of the podcast i think it is i think it's still part of the podcast how are you ryan how's things I can tell you that everybody needs to get some more sleep in this place because UK Packers <laughs> HQ has just been a mess all day. Oh, delirious. Absolutely I mean, I don't delirious. know. I do not know how I've got through the day. I no. think I got to sleep about quarter past five. I was up at half seven. I'm still awake now. It's rough. Um, yeah, luckily, you know, the bosses weren't hanging around too much at work today. So I've, I've got through it. Happy days. Do you know what? Like they say, everything's better after a good night's sleep. We didn't really get one. So things look pretty grim still at the moment. So to, I don't think anybody needs to recap, but we're coming off a 14-17 uh, loss to the Vikes in their stadium. Um, right, we're going to try and make this podcast, are we, not too negative. We're just going to try pick apart, try be analysts with it instead of just going on a long rant. Nobody wants to hear that. Sure. And let's face it, isn't it? It's week two. I mean, you know, people need to calm down and relax as well. I, I hear some people talking like our season's almost over. This oh, isn't yeah. week 17 uh, after the bye week, of course. You know, who's going for the NFC North crown. And don't, don't forget, I mean, the last time we lost to the Vikes and lost the NFC North crown, it didn't work out too well for them and worked out pretty okay for us. Um, but your initial reaction, Ryan, would be? Well, yeah, disappointing. Um, at the time, especially when you've stayed up all night to watch it, it's quite angry. Mm. Uh, something's just not right not clicking I mean yeah we're going to try and find some positives in it but I think we've got to be quite realistic as well and, and we're not bashing the team we're just, just highlighting probably what most of the people listening have already seen themselves to be honest um, yeah. I mean for one there were positives in there so I, I keep banging on about it but it's been such an issue for us over the last few years but the middle linebacker position and then the outside linebackers and the rest of it that's looking so good at the minute mm. now we shut down the run again last night. Yeah. Um, if I'm looking at it now, I think Adrian Peterson gets 19 yards before his injury. Asiata's 14. You know, McKinnon that they all kept going on about was two. Yeah. You know, we shut down the running game. Um, unfortunately, they absolutely killed us in the passing game. And Stefan Diggs had an absolute night to remember um, with something like a, you know 180 plus yards and a touchdown. Um, and, and Sam Bradford, for a guy that's been in that franchise for just the two weeks absolutely torched us yeah so i think this is where i need to jump in because all day i was kind of i was thinking about the podcast now again to people listening you'll you'll realize it's a, it's a day later because of the late game but i was thinking in my head i was like how the hell are we going to make this anything but a complete rant fest about talking about how the offenses and clicking and all this but I mean, if you look behind all the stats, I think it's quite telling that we didn't have a day as bad as we thought we did. Again, us Packer fans, we have very high expectations. Now, again, look, you can't sort of cater to all crowds. We'll get people coming back and saying stuff like, um, oh, my God, um, I, you know, I can't believe that you're so negative on the podcast. Um, and then you get some people coming back on. Why are you being so positive? You're obviously blind to the whole thing. You're just a fan. You're not a true analyst. 
right? Uh, the whole idea is just shut up for a second. You know what I mean? Like, let's try break it down and look at this in a sort of logical way. So if we look at the main thing that killed us, as you said, we, we shut down the run completely. Like AP, you know, it remains to be seen whether he's fallen off a cliff and we're not going to get to see that uh, because he's injured. We don't know how long he is out on the injury. But the thing is, we could be looking at a at a running back here that's in complete decline, or we could be looking at this Hall of future Hall of Famer who's going to get back to his best when he is back. And undoubtedly, the situation with the Vikings was that it was their offensive line. But it's no coincidence that two weeks in a row, the Packers now have shut down the run completely, which is something that we were completely inept at in previous years. I mean, if you look at the likes of Adrian Peterson, what he did to us the last time, he had a 200-yard per game running record on us last season so i mean it's nothing it's nothing to be sniffed at here that he's had 12 attempts and only rushed for 19 yards his long was actually five yards and in order for him to get his long of five yards he he couldn't go through his o-line because they're opening up gaps he had to go around them so he did all of that in spite of his terrible o-line but our defense got good pressure but I think, Ryan, what this comes back to is, is it comes back to an incredible game in an incredible stadium from two people, Sam Bradford and Stefan Diggs. If you look at Stefan Diggs, and as well as that, let me add in here as well real quick, Demarius Randall. He was the best graded cornerback last week. He was the worst graded cornerback this week. I mean, that's some swing to go from best to worst. Stefan Diggs had five catches on five targets against him for 134 yards and a touchdown. I mean, overall, Stefan Diggs had seven or sorry, Demarius Randall gave up seven of eight targets for 161 yards and a touchdown. Ryan, Randall looked off last night, didn't he? I mean, there was a stage where I think Stefan Diggs caught a pass in the open field and he was legging it. This is where he got most of his yards was after the catch. And Randall was running beside him, but not making the tackle. And Jake Ryan had to run from behind Stefan Diggs to catch him to try punch the ball out. I mean, it's bad when you look at the at the field and your cornerback is running alongside. I mean, is he a pacemaker for him? Is he cheering him on? You know, does he have Stefan Diggs in his fantasy? And, you know, Jake Ryan has to run down and slap, try slap the ball from him. That's a bad sign, right? Yeah, I don't know quite what went off with him last night. I mean, let's face it. Stefan Diggs has a great has a great game and he looks like he's going to be a fantastic receiver. So maybe this guy just has a great game. But there were things, like you say, where it was just a bit off and he wasn't quite with it and he wasn't quite close enough or within his tackle and yeah it was a real tough one for me with Rollins because he looks like such a good player um last season he looked good and I don't know but I don't think it's just him I think there's something wrong with the whole secondary at the minute something's not clicking there because we're being beaten over the middle we're being beaten long we're being beaten just about everywhere in that secondary at at this point yeah it certainly looks to me that we just can't stop the pass I mean some really obvious stuff where you know, they're on third and long and that uh, you'll get their wide receiver stands, you know, on the line that they need, to, you know, to convert to get their, their other first down or whatever. And he just stands there. And I mean, if, if there's something so goddamn obvious is that on the third and long, they're not going to run. They're not going to run anyway because we're stuffing the run. So it's definitely going to be a pass play. And then they can't cover them man to man. They they do this ridiculous zone defense and allow the wide receiver to stand on the down marker and just catch the ball and fall over, which it's something that the Packers haven't even been able to do. There was a play last night where Jared Cook got the ball. He could have converted the first down simply by falling over. He catches the ball and then bounces back to try avoid a tackle. I mean, take the contact and fall over. You're at the first down marker. There's some stuff that isn't smart enough. But again, you know, I'm not here to to have put a massive downer on everything. Although I do need to be. We do need to be realistic. 
you know, last night was just a showcase between Sam Bradford, who nobody expected, uh, Stefan Diggs, who people see as kind of becoming a bit of a breakout star. And then, you know, of course, our offense isn't clicking. But, I mean, we say that, but if you look at the numbers, right, Aaron Rodgers went 20 for 36, not a vintage performance whatsoever. Sam Bradford went 22 for 31. So not a whole lot of difference. 213 yards as opposed to 286, which is all the difference. But, again, I mean, Stefan Diggs had 77 yards after the catch. So that will contribute to some of these stats as well. You know, like, as if you look how our wide receivers matched up against them, Jordy Nelson was the leader with five receptions for 73 yards and a touchdown. You know, Stefan Diggs was nine for 182. But again, 77 of those was after the catch. So if you take those off, he's got 110. You know, which is still a way better performance. But if you look at our mm-hmm. sort of, you know, our second and third and fourth and fifth receivers on the night, now, albeit, of course, they're tight ends, some of them. You know, Randall Cobb had five catches for 42. Uh, Thielen had four catches for 41 so after that breakout performance by Stefan Diggs their offense did not light it up it was literally Sam Bradford going to Stefan Diggs and also with Kyle Rudolph of course had that touchdown but again he was nothing really to write home about so overall uh, very evenly matched and this is the team remember who people were saying oh they're a, they're a sneaky Super Bowl pick and all they were missing was Teddy Bridgewater and then people were saying they don't have a chance and then they get Sam Bradford who is a good quarterback we've said that on the podcast he's injury prone and he can be inconsistent but I mean how did they go from being a Super Bowl team and then replace Teddy Bridgewater with an excellent quarterback and then go to being the you know the trash of the NFC North or not they're still a very very good team yeah I'll give you that and I do think you've got to remember as well it was their first their first game in that home stadium there had been a massive determination not to lose yeah. um, but I do think we did quite a lot to help it along the way you already mentioned the Jared Cook one where he had the first down he jumps backwards um, the decision not to go for the field goal I mean that's one of those isn't it if, if, if they go for it and get the first down or, or, or go on and get the touchdown everybody's going oh what a great call on fourth down yeah. they didn't they uh, they obviously they don't they don't kick it they elect to go for it um, and they don't make that first down marker and now of course when you when you get to the end of the game and you're down three points and you've lost people are going oh we should have kicked it yeah. but had we gone for it and got the touchdown would have also won the game so there's no point in looking too much into ifs and buts will Mike McCarthy in the upcoming games will he continue with this sort of bullish attitude and doing that or will he maybe think twice and kick the ball don't know that might change his mind. Um, there was a great tweet I saw today it's time to fire Mike McCarthy and move on <laughs> please please yeah. your head's gone it's one one defeat okay there's been one team that's gone the whole season undefeated and it was the Miami Dolphins back in the 70s right there's going to be defeats in a season even if you get to the Super Bowl so please your head's gone let's stop with that rubbish it's it's you know it's it's really annoying actually to see it and it's quite just lazy and it's just clickbait stuff and people wanting retweets and favorites so i don't believe there's an issue here a big issue with coaching i think I think last week I said there was probably a bit of an issue with people being rusty and hadn't played enough time together in game time. Yeah. Um, we are again only in week two. The problem is we've only got a couple more games uh, and then we're on a bye week. So we've got to get it together quick and we've got to get it together for our next game because there's another big test coming up and you better believe it. 
Oh yeah, the lions are not to be sniffed at here. And again, it'll give us a real marker where we're at. I think what's worrying people as well, Ryan, and what I've read is, is that we played the Jaguars and we bet them. And we're like, oh, you know, we're doing really well. The Jaguars are an up-and-coming team. They're great. They got absolutely waxed by the Chargers. The Chargers, who are without their number one wide receiver, let's hark back to last season. We were without our number one wide receiver and people were saying that we disintegrated. Now, again, we got to the playoffs and we were like one mad play away from getting into the NFC Championship game. So again, I mean, we went fairly far without our without our number one wide receiver. So people are kind of putting it together and saying, okay, so we bet the Jags only just, they got waxed by the Chargers. Then that means that maybe we are really terrible. Yeah, look, we're, we're not firing right on offense. That's true. Um, but look, I don't know what the situation here is. Um, but one thing that I did notice, Ryan... And let me just go through his stats first. Is that... They're going to go... Obviously, that's obvious. But no, I'm going to go on to what I noticed after I say this. There's something not right with Aaron Rodgers. Now, I don't know whether it's him. I don't know whether it's the wide receivers not being able to get separation. I don't know if it's both. So if you go to Pro Football Focus, they said that he's had his worst game of his career, statistically. So he had three fumbles. Two of them were lucky to be recovered. But he was only accurate on 58.8% of his throws, which is the second worst in the league. He was 5 of 14 for 90 yards beyond the 10-yard plus throw mark. So, I mean, this is a quarterback that we always assume is super accurate. We always see these sort of highlight reel stuff from training camp where he bangs the ball into this bucket that's 400 miles away and walks away as if it's nothing. But, I mean, if you look at the stats, when he gets the ball out of his hand in 2.5 seconds or less... He's 18 of 27 with a quarterback rating of nearly 94. Now get this stat. If he holds the ball for longer than 2.5 seconds, he goes 2 of 9 with a passer rating of 12. He has the same passer rating as the number on his jersey when he holds the ball for more than 2.5 seconds. This is a quarterback who was renowned for being more accurate when he's pressured has now gone into this thing of he's rolling out, he's looking for the play to break down, can't find it, and he's inaccurate. Now, my question to you is, and again, I'm not I'm not going after Aaron Rodgers. I personally think he's the best quarterback to ever play the game, and it irks me when people go and hammer into him at every chance that they get. But I'm going to put the question to you, and maybe start up a bit of debate here, is that a common theme that we're seeing with Aaron Rodgers, and as good as he is, and do you know what? Talk about outlandish tweets. Let me just say this. I saw someone say today that Aaron Rodgers should be traded next year and we should promote Hundley to be the number one. So, you know, <laughs> if if you want to criticize me for actually trying to break down the stats and the analytics behind it, I'm not in that category that want A-Rod traded, right? So shut your face. So what, what I'm saying is, is that A-Rod has such a license now to, you know, call the audibles, to change the plays, to do what he wants. And the O-line from pff again were incredible last night they gave him gave him all the time that he needed right now they gave up one or two sacks or whatever that was on them but some of them are about him holding the ball too long so most of the plays that aaron Rodgers was rolling out on was because when he was standing in the pocket looking for a receiver there wasn't one open so he had to run around for a while to see would one of them get open now my question is is aaron Rodgers doing that too much like if i put it this way if i'm in work and I've got to do my job and I don't do my job as it's set so there's a set procedure to how to do my job right and I find all these interesting and quirky and brilliant ways to do my job in order to get it over the line otherwise it wouldn't happen like 
that's great and we meet the client deliverables or whatever. But at some stage, you cannot keep depending on someone to do that because they're not working within the confines of the system. Now, what that stat of the 2.5 seconds, and I'll stop talking in a minute, what that stat of the 2.5 seconds or less says to me is, is that the play is called and he gets the ball out as it's designed. The plays where he holds onto the ball for more than two and a half seconds, yes, it's down to the wide receiver not getting free, but also is it that he doesn't like what he sees and he wants to roll out and find something better, waits for the play to break down because that's where he was famous for doing, right? So are we getting into the stage now where... It doesn't matter what the playbook is or what call Mike McCarthy has, is that either the wide receivers can't actually do it or Aaron Rodgers holds onto the ball for too long waiting for something better. And is that a dangerous position to be in? That we're relying on a quarterback to be accurate now when it's proven that if he's only accurate on 58% of his passes now because something's off. I mean, that's a dangerous place to be, Ryan, is it not? It is, yeah. And uh, never apologise for talking too much, Steve. That's what the, the you know the listeners love it. <laughs> yeah, we'll the, soon see the tweets the, coming. The states love that Irish accent, man. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. The other thing I would question as well, though, and where he's, and you're saying he's holding on to the ball quickly, and when he gets out quick, it's better. What I saw last night was a lack of those routes that are the slant routes, are the, are the quick routes over the middle, the, the stuff where the ball can come out quickly. Yeah. I mean, he tried one at one point, he got the ball out real fast. He faked the handoff to Eddie Lacy, um, pulled the ball away, and immediately hit it out to Jared Cook. Now, the ball nearly went into the defender's hands. I can't remember uh, the, the defensive player on the play. Yeah. But he pretty much threw it straight to a Viking player who, who really should have caught oh, it. Oh, Terence Newman, where he actually dropped that interception, yeah? Yeah, so even even though, even if that player hadn't have been there, that pass was behind Cook anyway. So just, we've got it. we still didn't really, I don't think anyway, properly utilise the two tight ends last night. No. We're not seeing Randall Cobb or Devontae Adams or whoever coming over the middle. Devontae Adams still seems to drop passes he should catch and catch passes he should probably drop. Yeah. And you know, I don't I don't know. There's a lot on it. There's a lot on Rogers. There's a lot on the players around him. I mean Starks and Lacey can't really get going. Um but one thing I I, I wondered if you'd noticed, and it's something about how does Aaron Rodgers feel at the minute? You know what's going on inside his head, because when was the last time you saw Aaron Rodgers photo in a ca- uh, photo bomb in a captain's picture? I was going to say that, that that hasn't been going on. Like, is there something, Ryan? Are you noticing something in him? I don't. Um, I I don't want to be that guy that goes, oh, you know, he hasn't he hasn't been doing that, so maybe he's unhappy and he he don't like, want to be there anymore. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, Aaron Rodgers has always been the happy-go-lucky guy. Doesn't matter. Um, and I think we spoke a little bit before we came on air and you said, you know, sometimes if the other team scores and, you know, you can see he's, he's waiting to get back on there. He, he's, he's always calm, collected, mm. the guy that's having a laugh and a joke. And at the minute, that doesn't seem to be there. There seems to just be a hell of a lot of frustration. Now, I might be reading that wrong and people might be sat listening going, you know, you're talking rubbish, mate. And then that's fine. You know, tweet us, tell me I'm talking rubbish because I would rather that I've got this completely wrong. But for me, I just feel there's something in his head or his art or whatever at the minute. It's just not quite right. Yeah, I agree. Like, and I know speculation can be all off. And I know, like, we've look, we all have families and friends who, you know, all of a sudden you find out that someone said something like, oh, yeah, he said this about you. And you're like, what? That's what? He didn't even speak to me. What does, what does he know? You know, and it's all this he say, she say, this is what he did and this is why he did it and all this type of crap. So the thing is, like, 
We don't know what goes on in Aaron Rodgers' head. We don't know what goes on behind the scenes at his work. We don't know what goes on behind the scenes in his personal life or any of this type of stuff. It's all speculation. Some people say that this stuff is off limits. Some people say that it's on limits. But what I can see, and I saw my own two eyeballs here, is that on the field, when the Vikings scored their touchdown, watch it again and look at Aaron Rodgers' face. He doesn't go, right, that's it, throw on the helmet and stride out. He looks genuinely annoyed. He looks the way, do you know what? He looks the way all of the Vikings and Bears quarterbacks look when he throws bombs and scores because they look at it and go, right, there's nothing I can do here. It reminds me of Matt Stafford at the end of the Hail Mary play where he's just looking in disbelief. Aaron Rodgers had that look in his face uh, when they scored those touchdowns last night of just like, Jesus, you know, and then he had to go out and it's like, I don't know whether he's not confident in his receivers and that's why he's doing that. I, I, it's the hardest thing ever. And Ryan, like you said, he's not photobombing the photos, which again, like you can take it or leave that. But on the field, all of that uh, mic'd up sound effect stuff that we've seen in previous years is always like, oh, A-Rod, man, he'd be looking at you on the field and he'd be smiling. And you're kind of thinking, he's not doing that anymore. He's not looking and smirking. Now, you might say that's because he's not making dynamite plays so he can't laugh at you or whatever. But he was always seen as a bit smarmy, you know, always a bit kind of smug, which, of course, we loved because we're like, he's the best in the game. Jesus, he's entitled to do that. Mm-hmm. But here's what annoys me. We should be allowed to talk about body language. We should be allowed to talk about these things. Now, I'm not going to get into this, but this will give you an example, right? Remember when Aaron Rodgers had got a girlfriend and people kept going, oh, it's because of her and all this, which we thought was a load of BS or whatever, and we kind of joked about it. Um, but at the same time, I would never slap anybody down for saying that. There was a few people on Twitter, and I won't mention their names, and they're, they're prominent people, and they went after anybody who went and said that perhaps his personal life is a distraction, and they went after them, and there was even a news site went after them and used to publish all of the tweets and try persecute these people for even suggesting that something that could go on in Aaron Rodgers' personal life might have an impact on his playing ability. Now, I'm not saying that's the case, but what I am saying is you're entitled to your opinion and have it. Because I'm telling you, if I... Say I I had wife and she was given out to me or she went out and said this or did that or my kid did this in school and got expelled or whatever. If something happened in my personal life, I don't know if I would be completely focused going into work the next day. And that's pure and simple. We're all humans. So the thing is, you're allowed to look into body language and stuff going on behind the scenes and question. Now, when you start saying his girlfriend is this and his mother is this and his brother is this and, you know, and slagging these people off and wanting them to die and all this type of stuff, like, get a get a life. But, you know, like, you, of course, you'd have people joking about him being sarcastic, but, you know, that stuff you don't agree with. But I think you should allow analyze that type of stuff that's going on behind the scenes and something just doesn't seem right there um which is a shame because the guy has absolute hall of fame numbers and we want him to be back to his best but again ryan it's bad isn't it that we can't blame jordy nelson being injured we can't blame eddie lacy being overweight so what is it this time and why are the packers misfiring here on offense and why can't the packers get free why can't the wide receivers get separation i don't get it i just wonder if they're just they're trying something new uh, maybe they're, they're I, I don't know I don't know what it is it seems like they've got all the pieces they added the pieces that they were missing last year the bits that we were struggling with last year we seem to have got better at and the things that we were good at last year aren't there now the thing is the guys that were good especially let's take the secondary now the guys in the secondary that were very good last season um, they're still good they don't they don't become all, all every single one of them bad 
over yeah. over a one-off season. Okay, so that says to me that maybe we've tried something new. Now we maybe tried something new and it's helped the D line, it's helped the linebackers, and it's put an extra pressure now on the receipt on 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 the secondary. Sorry. So I think there's going to be a lot of adjustments. They're obviously doing something very different because we have seen such an improvement in the in the run stuffing game. Yeah. Um, you know, we are getting good pressure on the quarterback, all that sort of stuff. So there is an improvement in there, and I think now we're just going to have to see it be adjusted. Now, offense, slightly different story. We struggled last year. Um, we struggled in the run. We struggled in the passing game. Uh you know, I want to see. I want to see some of the other guys get a go. I want to see Aberderis get in there. I want to see us get Trevor Davis in there. See what he can do. You know, I can't wait for Jeff Janis to come back and just be that speed guy. Yeah. You know, but you obviously you can't fit all those pieces onto one team. But mm. there won't be many more weeks of of players not performing and surely staying in the starting in starting roles. So for me, I'm I'm not panicking. I'm I've I've gone through that back sort. Of, you know, I've been a West Ham fan. I leave, I leave all my panic in and all my, <laughs> all my doom and gloom for West Ham. Yeah, and that's terrible at a minute, and I'll say it. But Green Bay, don't make me feel that way. We lost one game. We're one and one on the season after two games. Okay, so we're at five hundred. We've played two road games, playing at somebody's brand new stadium, and we lost that game by three points. And we made a hell of a lot of mistakes in that game, and we only lost by three points. So for me. I want to see how we perform against the Lions because I think the Lions were just beaten at home. Um, we should be able to play them in Lambeau and get a win from that game. Now, I think the defence will come good. The offence will come good. They're too good to to play at this level, to, to play this poorly that we played this week. Um, I do think some of it maybe comes down to the coaching schemes at the moment. However, I don't think we should all be shouting, you know, fire Capers, fire McCarthy, fire, you know, shut up. Leave it. Okay, so let's see what happens next week. I feel okay going into next week. I think there's enough there. The, the My biggest concern is probably the run game because it just hasn't really produced yet. Yeah, I'd like to see James Starks get more carries because I think when he gets a chance and gets in, he looks quite good. Um, and, you know, if, if those guys ain't going to do it, you know, let's get the third string guy in and, 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 you know, whoever else, let's just, just, just do something different. Give somebody the chance to get in there and do it. But we'll come good, and I, I think we go next week, and I'm predicting nothing but a win. Yeah, the same. And I mean, let's let's rein this all the stuff in. Let's talk about Aaron Rodgers being slightly off, and you know, our receivers not getting open. Look, the like you said, two road games. So we went to a blistering heat against the Jags. A lot of expectations on them. They were all playing their hearts out. It's it's week one, and everybody can be rusty. Uh, some people can break out. So again, I thought that was a good game for the Packers to have, and they came away with a great win. We didn't get blown out by the Vikings. We got bet 17-14. Look, look at the amount of opportunities, Ryan, that we had as well, right? To win the game. So, I mean, when you're in an opportunity to come away with a win and you get so annoyed because you're after coming out with a loss, I mean, if you had the opportunity to beat somebody, if you go up against a Man United, a Chelsea, a Liverpool, and you come away from that game going, I hit the crossbar four times, we could have bet them 7-0, but we lost 1-0. You know, you're kind of thinking to yourself, at least we were in the position to win the damn thing. It's not as if we got blown out here. On top of that, the Vikings have an incredible defense. If you look at all the pro football focus and pro football talk and ESPNs and all this, they go on about the fact that the Vikings have one of the best defenses in the game. So it's nothing to be sniffed at, that they played tough defense and, you know, that they, they bet us on that side of the ball. Now, again, one of the best defenses probably in the NFL. 
they're young and they're hungry and they can come away with the interceptions and we still only lost 17-14 if we as you said if we had a went for it on fourth down and got it we would have had the momentum to beat them and the reason that we went for it on fourth down was because we had that offensive momentum and we had something like a 12 or 14 play drive to get us there in the first place and we only missed that fourth down by a few inches so again i mean it's not all doom and gloom um i think that as you said we'll go to lambo it's going to be our first home game and we're going to play lights out our defense can stuff the run like anybody in the whole league i think we've got the 10th best defense in the league at the moment and that's without being able to stop some of these fourth down attempts which have been atrocious we're pretty good on third down so i think that when we bring the lions into warehouse in lambo we've got the defense to stuff the run they're going to upgrade surely the secondary and randall does not go from being uh, first to last and then to stay last i think he has the potential but he just got burned by a wide receiver who played absolutely incredible in stefan diggs and he is a talent he did the same in week one he's doing the same in week two and better believe he's going to do the same in week three so i think that what will end up happening is i'd say ryan is that they're going to bring the offense and they're going to strip it down and bring it back to the fundamentals and the basic stuff I saw a very yep. promising thing. I don't know about you, right? Were you impressed by the touchdown that Jordy Nelson got? How brilliant was it that the line went one way? Uh, it looked like a run play. A-Rod shifted, rolled out. And then Jordy Nelson went in for the fake block and then broke out to the corner of um, the end zone and reeled in the pass. I mean, that's the simple stuff that you need that to get down the field. you know. And that was an excellent touchdown. And I think we should be seeing more Packer slants. And mm-hmm. lastly, and the last thing that I'll say is, that, and let me know if you agree, I think that we need to make the other teams respect us. And they need to respect the run, but we need to have a credible uh, run game. And I mean, it's no coincidence, is it, Ryan, that Starks and Lacey can't get much traction. That's obviously down to the O-line not breaking open the holes or you're playing, you're playing a really good defense, which is exactly what we did against the Vikes. We played an incredible defense. And also, we need a third wide receiver who makes people respect him because there was times that uh, Devontae Adams wasn't even covered properly because they just thought to themselves it's Devontae Adams he's not going to catch it anyway and they were right you know so I mean I think that what we need is we need to stretch the field make them respect us so that we can you know pull their safeties into coverage and then also what we need is we need a credible run game I think all it takes is is for that just to click for one game and we will absolutely blow the opposition out of the water. And we're going to go from a team where we're on the podcast talking negatively and sort of question them, you know, who am I? What's my name? Like, how did we get here? To like, oh, Jesus, they're back. These guys are unstoppable. Am I Am I wrong? No, no, you're not wrong at all. And I think that this next game against the Lions is a perfect game to do it. And like you say, big blowout performance coming, packs back, and we're two and one yeah i truly believe it and i mean look this happens early on in the season there's going to be some time and stuff but an encouraging thing for me was that jordy nelson was running lights out and we put it out on twitter last night or early in the morning to say that like one of the most beautiful sights that we can see is jordy nelson haul ass and downfield um, and he doesn't seem to be gingerish on the knee uh, and the acl whatsoever so i mean that that's a positive sign as well so we will be doing our preview podcast closer to the time but again pack nation we'll say it again we're not being negative here i mean there's some fantastic stuff to look forward to um we do think that we're going to beat the lions here we're just one little click genius moment away from 
you know kickstarting this season and look if we don't and we stumble on into the bye week i'm sure that we'll right some wrongs there but if you look around the league this stuff is happening i mean the lions lost the game and they've looked pretty explosive as well they've actually looked better with megatron gone because he's more tools to work with and he's not so sort of single-minded and as well as that, look, Ryan, look what happened with the Seahawks, right? I mean, the Rams got shut out by an incredible, probably the wor- one of the worst teams in football, the 49ers, run by Blaine Gabbert. They got shut out in week one and they came back and bet the Seahawks in week two and they've got an injured quarterback. So this could be a whole lot worse. Yeah, let, let's not panic. Basically, that's, that's it. It's, it's the old, I know it's that cheesy t-shirt, but it is keep calm and carry on. Yeah. Okay, it's about one of the best, most British things we can say, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, let's just get on with it. Let's get to next week. This one does hurt, but like we said on the Twitter earlier, this is how a Bears fan feels every day. And luckily, (laughs) we only get to feel like this once in a blue moon. So let's get on to that Lions game. Let's beat them. And uh, this will be a thing of the past. Yeah, misery Monday. Misery, misery Monday. So I think the only, I think we'll sort of wrap it up there anyway, Ryan. Uh, won't we? We're not going to talk ad nauseum um, too much. That's the post review. Some people don't even want to hear a post review after a game like that. Hopefully they do because there is definitely a silver lining. I think just some housekeeping then, just to mention again for uh, those who don't know, we're going to be meeting on the second of October, and the Green Bay Packers are sending over a film crew. Uh, we can't say a whole lot about it but it's a docu-series about UK fans so if you want to be there on the night it's going to be something else we're going to have competitions uh, we're going to be playing reruns of the Super Bowl so if you're worried that the Packers might lose on that weekend it's the bye week and we're definitely going to win and they're going to come away not spoiler alert right they're definitely going to come away with a few Super Bowl rings so you know there'll be drinks promotions on the night uh, there's DraftKings lads will be there so we're going to have some fun with that um, we're going to have Gridiron on site aren't we Ryan that they're going to be there and maybe you can yep. sign up to some some Savage deals off on the Gridiron magazine if you haven't already uh, so it's going to be a great night right yeah it's going to be good there should be plenty of people there it's the Saturday night that we're going to be at the Hippodrome that's the 1st of October and then the 2nd of October is the Sunday Hmm. um, which is when we're going to be at the game and the tailgate in the morning so if anybody's got any questions just DM us get onto us and uh, and we'll help you out yeah and don't feel scared that you haven't been to a meet before um, because we've so many people coming back on the email uh, newsletter just to say that they want to sign up now again people are saying oh sign me up for two tickets you don't even need tickets you can just walk in and the, the, the competitions are going to be there all pack fans are going to be there the film crew are going to be there they're going to want to talk to you and and it's an official green bay packers uh documentary series so you know get in on that um it doesn't get much bigger the thing is is now guys this is our chance to show the packers just how how many fans there are in the UK and Ireland and that, you know, there's a credible and worthwhile fan base over here. So get down, represent your team. Um, This is something that's going to be well within all our interests to do. Perfect. So that's us for this week. We'll be speaking with the preview podcast then as usual. I know this is a day later, but it just worked out like that because of the game was on so late last night. So we will be back on Friday morning with the preview. Uh, so from myself at Steedy NFL, the group at UK Packers, and of course, me old buddy, me old pal at Ryan Peacock NFL on Twitter. Give us all a follow. So for now, goodbye. Good day. <laughs>